Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Sanchez gets hit, the ball is loose, and it's alive. And then going into the end zone is Steve Gregory. When this happened, you talked about it on The Fan. And it was the backside of Brandon Moore that knocked the ball out. When New York sports happens, talk about it here. The Fan, 1019 FM, and always live on the free Odyssey app. Sal Okada back on the fan, 877-337-6666. Other notes I had from the Super Bowl. Well, look, I mean, you don't need to hear my opinion on Burkhart and Olsen, but I thought that they were terrific. Uh, I thought they treated it just like any other game. They had a big game feel. I, I didn't think that the moment was too big for them or, you know, thought that they did anything differently. The best thing I think you could say about play-by-play announcer or color analyst is that they either don't annoy you or that you don't even really notice that they're there because they're not getting in the way of the game. And I thought that that was the way that I felt watching Burkhart and Olsen. It wasn't about them. It was about the game. I thought they did an excellent job explaining the game and making it feel like a big game. And I was happy for my friend, KB, that he you know got that opportunity and made the most of it. And I'll tell you, I really do love Olsen. He's grown on me uh, as an analyst and, and as a, overall as a team. They're terrific. The halftime show. Fleegs, what would you think? Are you? I wonder how Stewart in Brooklyn is. We'll talk to him about this, if he uh, survived the halftime show or not. Are you a big Rihanna fan, Fleegs, or no? I don't know if I would say a big Rihanna fan, but I'm a fan. Like, I enjoy all the hits. Um, I know everything that's like a number one hit on the radio. Very familiar with those. Right. She had a lot of hits, and she did. I thought You could tell how many hits was... she had by the fact of how many were left out of this set. And she hit yeah. on a lot of so- – like, you've had sometimes the artists will do – four or five songs in 12 minutes. She was giving you like 30 seconds to one minute of number one hit after number one hit. And at the end, you're like, huh, there were still like four or five that we didn't hear. And I did not pick on it. Yeah, I think she went over uh, over nine and a half, right? I saw some, there was a prop that was she going to do nine and a half songs or something and, and went over. I saw Taylor Mathis, her friend, tweet that she hit the over for that. So I wasn't counting necessarily, but they were, you know, she was going through them. Uh, hit after hit. I was like, damn, she does have a lot of hits. And I am a Rihanna fan as far as her music goes. Now, I did not pick up on the fact that she was pregnant. Did you? Even the even my wife, my sister, they were talking about what looked like a baby bump, but I just thought it was from her most recent pregnancy. I did not realize that that was in May, though. So did you pick up on it, Fleeks, or anybody that you were with that she was pregnant? Yeah, we thought it was obvious because, no, I mean, if knowing that she gave birth a while ago now, 
it had to be a new baby, unless she was wearing some kind of costume. Like, part of me was like, all right, if she's not pregnant, then the back on that is big, too. Is she going to parachute off one of these stages or something crazy at the end? But I was leaning towards she's probably pregnant again. Yeah, I it just I guess there's something I don't even think about. I mean, even I remember it happening with my sister when she first got pregnant. I saw her belly. I was like, "Damn, Steph, you you putting on some pounds? Like you're gaining some weight." Never even thought that. Oh, by the way, she could be pregnant. And if then, your wife you know, didn't tell you she was pregnant, how long into it would you have realized? Yeah, I know. <laughs> Good question. I had no. I, I just didn't think about it with Rihanna, but I thought that she and apparently she told Nate Burleson um, for uh, an interview before that there was going to be a surprise guest at the halftime show, and you know the baby was apparently that at uh, that uh, that surprise guest. So and look, her up on those things. I don't even know what you would call them, the platforms that were you know hanging from the the stadium roof. I mean, insane. That's insane. Even if you're not pregnant. And she's pregnant doing that, man. I give her credit, but I thought I thought the halftime show was, eh, it was fine. It was a nice performance from Rihanna. There wasn't to me much to it. Would you? Would you think of it overall? Please, you thought it was all right. I thought it was good. I think that I mean most of the halftime performances to me are good. There's very very few like absolute duds, and I think there's very very few that are great. So I think this isn't that you know maybe this is on the better range of some of the ones that I think are just good. But this was a good one, not like when I think the top two or three all time, it's not in them. But it's one of the ones I'll look back and say, oh, yeah, Rihanna was good when she did the halftime show. Yeah, I mean, I thought it was just, okay, she did a bunch of songs. She looked good. She had the baby, the the way that they were hanging there on those things. All right, it was it was fine. Uh, it did. Uh, I remember last year being like, and now maybe that's just because Eminem and Dre and Snoop Moore, my wheelhouse, like I loved that performance, um, I, I don't know. I thought that that was a little different. And that was, was just, I mean, it's a different performance because there's more people, but that was more nostalgic because a lot of those songs at the time of last year were already 20, 25 years old. Rihanna's a lot more recent than that. Yeah, and I, I do think it was a great choice because of all the hits. I just, and maybe she was limited because she's pregnant to what she could do, but it was just pretty standard. And she sounded incredible. Yeah, right. She sounded great. I mean, look, I, I thought it was good. I, it just, it just was. I thought it was good. I, I don't know if I would sit here and say, "Wow, wow, what a performance from Rihanna." I love Rihanna. I would go see her in concert, but I thought that that was just like a standard, straightforward Rihanna performance. Other than the baby bump, which yeah, I wish I would have picked up on a little bit sooner than I did. But either way, uh, nice to see her out there, and congratulations on the pregnancy and all that stuff. Uh, it was solid. It, it was good. I just was not blown away with it. Like last year, I remember feeling amped up and man, that was awesome seeing those guys. You're right. Maybe it was because more nostalgia and we haven't seen those guys in a while. But with Rihanna, it's like, yeah, you know, she's still relevant right now. 877-337-6666. Lewis is calling from Somerset, New Jersey. What's up, Lewis? Hey, what's going on, Sal? How are you, Lewis? All right, man. Missed you last week, brother. I appreciate that. I did not miss you. <laughs> <laughs> I was in Aruba enjoying myself, and now back to the you open. Should, hey, listen, you shouldn't have missed nobody if you in Aruba, brother. Yeah, no, I didn't. I didn't. But no, Louis, so I do appreciate I, you saying that. I got, I got, I got a couple of points. Right, two points, real quick on the hold. So one thing is this that we're not even thinking about, which is how about if that referee that first time the that Barry did hell, and the referee probably came up to him and said, listen, slow your roll. You know, I saw you. I'm going to let you get away with that one. But 
and then it happened again, and, you know, he forced his hand. That could be one point. Another point, it could be that, you know, like you said, in real time, that stuff is moving fast. A ref sees that jersey, you know, he's, he's, he's just programmed to throw that flag. Maybe if he sees the replay, he sees how not egregious it was. But one thing that um, yourself and another caller said, well, you know, what the hell, like the, the, the ball was over his head anyway. Remember, it's not a pass and a friend. So on a hold, it doesn't matter if, if it's not catchable or anything on a hold. It's automatic, you know, because it's the five Right, dog. Right, but I was saying it, Lewis, thinking that the hold to me did not impede. I'm not saying it shouldn't have been called. Well, I'm, no, I'm saying it shouldn't have been called for different reasons. I'm just saying that I don't think that that hold led to him not being able to catch. Sometimes you could see clearly where he impeded the path yes. and held him up to a point where the timing was off. I thought that that ball was not going to be caught even if he wasn't held. But you're right. Look, you grab the jersey. What is an official supposed to do? And you're also right, Lewis, where we don't know if there was a prior conversation that happened from the one that he let go in the first half. Exactly. So then... Um... Another point that I was going to bring up, so I completely agree with you that that call, that just that one call didn't didn't change it all for me. How about how about you special teams get it right and and he doesn't he they don't make that play and they form that wall and they reverse that and they went the other way and they they scored on that. Now the other thing too was it's blasphemy that they compared this defense to the '85 Bears. But eighty-five bears. Well, who did who did up. that? What because because of the sack numbers? I mean, come on, you can't exactly, compare this exactly. So 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 you start listening. You start listening. You know to 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 the media. You start listening to to the, these commentators and stuff like that. So I think that's why a lot of people were jumping on on, on Philly's bandwagon. Listen, I don't get, I don't take nothing away from them, but they gave up forty points to 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 um. To Dallas, they gave up 32 points to the Commanders. They gave up 20 points when they lost to um, to the Saints. They they shouldn't have. So it's like I mean, listen, you 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 guys, the defense was, but they, I don't. I, I, now I looked at this whole because I because I was one of those that I was thinking, you know, it's like no, you know. But then when I really looked at the whole their whole schedule, I'm like, yeah, yeah, I really didn't. You know, you only you only gave up less than ten points to two teams this year in the regular season. Um, so yeah, comparing them to the '85 Bears, no way. Like they, you know, I, mean, I never, they, I never once, Lewis, I never once thought, and I watch a lot of NFL every week. It's not just the Jets and Giants. I got multiple screens going on. I never once thought that this Eagles defense was a great defense on the level of the '85 Bears. I mean, come on. Is is the the thing is that people start listening to these commentators and all of this stuff, and then you start believing it because you know what was it like seventy two points? I, I don't know exactly how many points. Yeah, well, the sack points. numbers so, they were talking about how the, the sack, how many sacks they didn't, is even get a, they didn't even get a sack. They didn't even get a sack today. And and, and I, like I said, thirty eight points. You give up thirty eight points. Now you got to give it to the offense, right? Their offense. So it's like with that caller call that you know is is Sirianni got showed up and stuff like that. No, I mean he only lost by a field goal. They listen, thirty-five points usually would win a Super Bowl for anybody. Right, and right. that's why you look at the defense, Lewis. And thank you for the call, good stuff. And I appreciate you giving us uh, a call. And I did miss you, Lewis, even though I joke around and say I didn't. I mean, it was nice to be away in Aruba, but of course I miss doing the show. I miss talking with you guys, and it's nice to come back to the Super Bowl and then react to it. But 
Yeah, I mean, the Eagles' offense was as impressive of a performance as I can remember seeing, with Super Bowl or not. In that first half, they could not be stopped. And it's a credit to Sirianni for the aggression, and he's been doing it all year long. You know, it's just another reason why I compared them to that 2016 Super Bowl blowing slash losing Super Bowl 51 Atlanta Falcon team where they were also an aggressive team that year going for it and, you know, keeping the foot on the gas. Sirianni, very similar. Now, the difference is Philadelphia executed much better than Atlanta did, especially in the Super Bowl. But, you know, you look at what the Eagles were able to do offensively in that first half. They dominated the game. I mean, they absolutely dominated the game. If not for the defensive score, Kansas City might have gotten blown out. Time of possession was one-sided. And even so, even after the second half that Kansas City had, Philadelphia still possessed the ball 35 minutes to Philadelphia's uh, to uh, Kansas City's 24. It was the penalties. It was the turnover. And they were costly for Philadelphia. They made too many mistakes where Kansas City played a near-perfect game. Three penalties for 14 yards for Kansas City. No turnovers. They basically play. I mean, think about that. Three penalties, 14 yards, no turnovers. Now, they couldn't get a big stop to save their lives, but they didn't beat themselves. And Philadelphia, who also couldn't get a stop, they did beat themselves with the turnover that was costly and with you know double the amount of penalties. Six for 33. And obviously the one costly one that you could argue should have been called or not, but it was technically, oh, you can't grab a guy's jersey. Eric is calling from New Hyde Park. What's up, Eric? Hey, Sal. How you doing? Good, Eric. How are you this morning? Excellent, because Philly lost. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I wanted to get on the hold, Um, Mm non-hold. I agree with, with you on your point that the way the game was officiated through most of it shouldn't have been called, but I don't think that's a reason to not make the call. That makes sense. Yeah. But But, how do you then, I mean, it it does make sense. I see what you're saying, but if they called it one way the whole night, how can you then justify them calling it in that spot? The, The spot where, you could argue it matters the most. Why call it now? I'm, I'm with you there. It's, it, it's a terrible switch up to make, for sure. But I think in the biggest moment, you got to call everything as close to the book as you can. But you touched on this. Uh, That's a fair uh, point. Right, you know, Eric. T- that's. A, that, that is a fair point, the way you look at it. Maybe the officials saying, all right, well, we've let them play for the most part, but here's a spot where, because if it went the other way, to Fleek's point earlier, we were talking about it, what if it was a more egregious hold and it did impact, and by the way, we don't know, we're just assuming, what if it was a more egregious hold and it did impact the or impede the route that the receiver was trying to run in that spot. And what, you're supposed to then just let that go and say, well, screw Kansas City, let's give the ball back to the Eagles. No, it doesn't work like that. So maybe you're right. Maybe in that spot they're thinking, well, we can't screw the offense here. If something is, you know, if there's a jersey grab or whatever, we're calling it. And that's what happened. There was a jersey grab. You can't blame the officials. Also, 
I think there were two holds on that same play. I mean, Fox kept uh, zooming in on uh, on Juju's left hip, but when he tried, I think he was trying to run a double route or a double move. And uh, on his first break, his right hip was held, and on his second move, the left hip was held. But that aside, you, you touched on it. Uh, I think with the last caller, it was a game of mistakes. I think the officials made two mistakes. They didn't call the hold uh, that would have benefited Kansas City in the first half. And that won't bother they, me. I'm not going to lie because, like as I said, a Kansas City backer, that one bothered me because, I mean, Kansas City was on the verge of getting blown out, or not blown out, but they couldn't make a stop. They needed to score every opportunity that they got. And the fact that, you know, Philadelphia stopped them there and got the benefit of the call, that one bothered me that it wasn't called. Yeah. But even after I, my initial anger, it was like, okay, well, they're letting him play, so I guess let him play. But you're right, there was a, a big call that was missed in the first half. And, I mean, just I think the theme of the game was mistakes. There were... Two by the officials, which not in total impact, but uh, number, at least the ones that stood out to me, uh, you know, net even by the officials. But You're talking about the, the one that the one that wasn't, you saying the one that wasn't called in the first half and then the one that was in the, uh, you know, the end there in the fourth quarter? Yes. Obviously, okay. net impact officials helped Kansas City more than hurt them. But going past that, even to the teams themselves, Kansas City missing the field goal. And I think uh, the Chiefs should have gone for it fourth and short instead of attempting the kick. But then uh, the Hurts fumble. I mean, really, to me, it was a game of mistakes. Well, I mean, there weren't that many mistakes, though, Eric, and thank you for the call. I forgot about the Butker missed kick, which was frustrating earlier. Fleegs, what was it? Do you remember fourth and what? Where they ended up settling? Fourth and three. It was fourth and three from where? The Philadelphia. That I don't remember where they were. Uh, I mean, we could see here if I look it up real quick. Anyway, did you have a live feeling, uh, a live watching that fleegs? Did you think that uh, they should have gone for it? I did not, I, and I'm always okay with kicking field goals, but that's just me. And I didn't think live watching that game. Now, look, I'm hosting a party here. I don't remember exactly that it was fourth and three or where it was from. They were I at just the 24 the, yard line. All right, I mean, you're at the Eagles 24, fourth and three. You can make a case for being aggressive going for it. I don't have a problem with the field goal. Did you have a problem with the, him settling for a field goal there in that spot, Fleeks? Yeah, in general, I think if you have an offense like that, you're averaging seven yards a play with these two teams and those offenses, go for it when you have a reasonable opportunity. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, I, I can't – the way that the game is played – today, you can certainly make the argument. Especially when you know the guy on the other side in Sirianni is going to go for it just about every chance he gets. Right. The idiot should have made the kick. I mean, that drives you nuts. Butker, I don't understand what. I feel like Kansas City's got to upgrade kicker. But uh, Butker just, he used to be great, and now all of a sudden he can't make one. But you got to make the kick. If you're going to go for it, you better make sure that you make the kick. That's the problem. And in that spot, you know, maybe Reed was kicking himself a little bit, but I take the points, especially early on. You, you, you look, you can't foresee a guy missing a kick, especially there. It's not like we're talking about you know fifty plus yard field goal. You got to be able to make that kick, and he didn't. But I could certainly understand, you know, wanting Reed to be more aggressive and going for it. That's just not his nature, though. He's more conservative by nature as far as taking the points. Now, maybe later in the game, different story. But in that particular spot, trying to take the points, get the field goal, and. 
Butker missed it. But yeah, and that was maybe the lone Kansas City mistake, and it didn't end up costing him. You'd rather have a missed field goal than a turnover that was returned for a touchdown. You know, the fumble return for a touchdown changed the game. Nobody's going to talk about that. They're going to talk about the the call, the holding call for Philadelphia, but they won't talk about the Hurts fumble that was returned for a touchdown. That changed the game. Kansas City was on the verge of getting blown out in this game, and then that happened, keeping them into it. They're lucky they were down only 10 at the half. We have a mic, and you have a phone. Call the fan at 877-337-6666. Powered by Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com. Sal got it back on the fan Monday morning following Super Bowl 57. 877-337-6666. Going on 5 a.m. The warm-up show with Al and Jerry. Fleek and I were just talking about this during the break. See, a couple of other things down the stretch of that game, or even not just down the stretch, but overall, but specifically Jarek McKinnon being coached. And, and look, I know now it seems like, yeah, well, obviously you don't score, but still in the moment we've seen guys before not be able to hold up and fall into the end zone or go into the end zone, not thinking that the other team is letting them score or whatever. They, they're they don't, uh, not being smart. They're just not thinking about it, not listening. They want to score a touchdown. Who knows? But, Reed and his coaching staff clearly got the message across to McKinnon and whoever else, hey, do not score here. They're going to let you score. And McKinnon slides down right by the one. That obviously was a smart play, not scoring and giving Philadelphia what would be their only chance to get the ball back in that spot. So kudos to Reed and McKinnon for that. The other thing is Philadelphia had an issue three times at least with the play clock running down. The first time... It did not get called. Now, maybe the clock is different from what we're seeing on TV than in reality, but I remember screaming, he didn't get it off, he didn't get off. This might have been in the first half. And they let it go. And Hurts snapped the ball with zero seconds left or whatever. Maybe he technically got it off. But from where I was sitting and with the clock, he did not snap the ball before the clock expired. That was one that they let go. The other one, the Eagles took the penalty on, and it made it third and 14 or whatever. Then Goddard makes that ridiculous catch. Sirianni was upset that they took the five-yard false uh, five-yard delay of game penalty. They ended up converting anyway. And then the third one, it happened again later in the game, but Sirianni took a timeout. And as Fleegs was just bringing up during the break, that that timeout obviously at the end would have come in handy. So you look at Sirianni having to have to use that timeout to prevent another delay of game because for whatever reason, the Eagles letting that play clock wind all the way down three times they did it. You know That that was a costly one, not having that timeout at the end where maybe they could have uh, stopped the clock and you know forced the Chiefs to have to try to score a touchdown as opposed to just running it out and taking a knee before kicking the game-winning field goal. Chris is calling from Beacon. What's up, Chris? Sal, how was vacation? Uh, it was nice, Chris. I'm not going to lie. It was nice to be away and not think uh, think about working or doing shows or sports or anything like that for, you know, 10 days or so. It was nice. And the flying was good? No delays? Not, uh, it was clean? Or was knock it on, no, back? knock on wood. All good with the flights. The baby was good. Uh, flight good. was good. The only thing, my only complaint, it goes too fast. I mean, we were there. For, we were in Aruba for seven seven nights, and it just <laughs> flew by. All right. Uh so uh, here I am. Here I am, back on the overnight. <laughs> yeah, here I am again. Fifteen years of doing overnight, yeah. and 
having to work directly after the Super Bowl. I am dragging. I still have an hour and a half. I'm on major energy drinks, and I'm, I cannot wait to get home and sleep all, all for yeah. uh, I'm sure. Now, do, were you able to were you able to watch the game, and then you yeah, no. You, usually, I'm sleeping after. I'll watch maybe a little uh, the first half. I'm going to sleep at halftime or watch that, and I'm going to sleep to get a few hours sleep. But then the game was so close, so good, I couldn't go to sleep. My wife's looking at me like, are you going to bed? I said, I can't. It's good. <laughs> right. I'm laying down watching. I'm like, oh, God. So I, I, you know, I fell asleep at 10.15, woke up 11.45, my alarm. <sighs> and here I am. So <laughs> I, tell, I told my wife, I said, the only time ever to take it off that, that Sunday night ahead of time is the Jets are in the Super Bowl. But you know, we know that's never going to happen, so it's not a big deal. So this well, is what... I hope that they, I hope that they eventually. <laughs> Moose and I were talking about this yesterday. It really should be a holiday. Now, for me, I'm screwed because I do sports. So either way, I have to work. But yeah. uh, you know, hopefully, if, if I you know, hope hope to have some jobs to to be able to work in sports uh, whenever that happens. But eventually, I think that the Super Bowl should be a national holiday or like like we were talking about maybe they push it back one more week and have it fall on the Sunday prior to President's Day either way it's such a major event across the world you shouldn't have to go to work on Monday morning following a late night Sunday night Super Bowl party yeah let me make point of that before I get let me get to my other points I know you're probably busy but real quick on that because I heard another radio station not sports and talk radio talking about that too about President's Week I work in Westchester County I deliver people's homes and stuff I'm telling you right now, because Roger Dell lives in Bronxville. I deliver in Bronxville also. President's Week in Westchester County is their schools are off for the whole week. It's their, mid, it's their midwinter break. They are gone. These people are – it's my slowest week of work because they're out of here. So I'm thinking because it's such a – especially in New York, it's such a slow week that people are on vacation. They're going to Disney. They're doing this. Mm. That's probably why they're not moving into that, that week. They should make, you know, make it. You know, well, why wouldn't they, though? Why, but why maybe wouldn't people are not pay attention as much if they're over in Disney World and things like that. Maybe there'll be some people watching, uh, you know, at some oh, people leaving bars. on that Friday or Saturday I'm, before. Yeah, it's, yeah. It, I'm telling you, it's like the slow one, well, the slowest week. It's, you know, almost like spring break week if they're, if they're off for the whole week. I'm, you know, I live more north. You know, my son only has a three day weekend, he has President's Day off. That's it. But the whole Westchester County, basically, they're off the midwinter break. They're off for the full week. Yeah, I think most. You, I think gone. most places is that is that whole week. President's Day would usually most schools are off. In a town that I, that, you know, in Bronxville, that I know they they're all off the week. People are gone. Like it's, it's, hey, look! I don't care. I don't care if they do a President's Week or not. I just want the Monday. The Monday after the Super Bowl should be a holiday. Nobody yeah, should okay. be working. And real quickly, um, um, look, Eagles are a great team. Jalen Hurts is amazing. Um, but you know they beat themselves with it. And, you're, and look, and not to take anything away from them, they had the easiest path to a Super Bowl. They had to play the crappy Giants who suck, and they had to play a four-yard team with no quarterback, okay, at all, a four-string quarterback at that point. And then they got to Super Bowl, and they had to go against, you know, I don't care, you know, one leg or not. That guy had all kinds of painkillers on him. He's still Patrick Mahomes. He is greatness, okay. And you know, look, like you said, look, like Stephen Fleek said. Um, you had to call that. Look, if it was if it was the other way around, it would have been the Eagle fans that would, that would have been like, you have to call that if they were if it was it was switched around. So no one's gonna be happy. You're not gonna make anybody happy with it. I think they should have left it because I think the ball was too overthrown anyway for the guy to even catch it. And you know when they show flags now, when they huddle together and they pick up flags, say you know no flag on the play. They could have said, listen, it was a hold, but did he have any chance of catching that ball? No, pick up the flag. Okay, if, if it was gonna if fair it was gonna, enough. It was egregious pass interference, maybe. Or if that guy had a chance to catch it, 
maybe. Uh, you know, um, but he had no chance to catch it. Let let it play on, and let's see what happens then. They, you know, it didn't ruin. It was still a great game, but you know, let let them play. And look, real quickly, on, on, and, on and they let them they let them play all night. Oh. You, I think you bring up two great points, and we've been talking about this all morning yeah. long, Chris. But they've been letting him play all night, so don't yeah. call a ticky tack foul right there. Even though he grabbed the jersey, even though technically it was a hold. The other thing, and this bothered me even more, was that I really don't believe that the hold impacted the result of the play. I do not believe that that ball would have been complete anyway. Now, I don't know that. I'm just assuming it based on what we we saw on the replays, and that to me is the worst part of it because the penalty, which was ticky-tack to begin with, wouldn't have impacted the result of the play anyway. And really quickly, Zach, you know I'm a giant hater, and I'm proud to say it. I don't care. I don't like the Yankees either. But you know what? You got some Yankee homers on this, on this station saying that Daniel Jones is or will be the best quarterback in NFC East. That's, that's, that's completely false. Jalen Hurts is way ahead of Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones can't even touch Jalen Hurts as a quarterback. Now who says that? Who says that Daniel Jones is better than Jalen Hurts? Tiki said that? Tiki said this. Tiki no, said this. no, I, he didn't. Yeah, I'm and, not, I don't even and, Yes, he did. And BT agreed. And I hope they change the position now because – And wait a second. BT agreed with yes, that? Yeah, you can text him. No, BT, I don't even – I don't even – I need to – oh, I'm telling you, this is on Thursday. I think he was over in Arizona doing remote thing, and he stated that he said he is or will be. Not, not just now. He said he will be the best quarterback in the NFC East. You can make the argument with uh, what's name Prescott, but no way he's going to be better than Jalen He said, Tiki said, you know, Jalen Hurts is a great quarterback, but he feels that Daniel Jones is going to be the best quarterback in the NFC East. And I, uh, I, I mean, like, look, and also agrees. You can text BT. BT will tell you he agreed with that. Say, no, I'm going to be back tomorrow. Because the way Jalen Hurts played, I don't care if he lost or not. Um, Jalen Hurts is a, is a, he's amazing, and he's I just way I, I get, look, I get and thank you for the call, Chris. We appreciate checking in as always. Fleeks, did you hear this? I, I mean, I, I get if you want to, and now they're not saying it's a big difference in saying that Daniel Jones is better right now than Jalen Hurts, and saying that eventually you think he could be better. So, I mean, I. I mean, I don't, I don't agree so with I, that. So I heard part of it because I was working the mornings last week, so I was in and out of the newsroom and just hearing bits and pieces. But I think Tiki's point was because the Eagles are so good around Jalen Hurts, by the time that maybe that team takes a step back next year and if the Giants improve around Daniel Jones, he thinks when they have more of a level playing field with uh, their teammates that Daniel Jones will prove that he's better than Jalen Hurts. Okay. I mean, I understand his point. I completely disagree with that. I just don't think Daniel Jones is as good as Jalen Hurts, period. Point blank, end of story. He's not. He He's not now, and I don't think he ever will be. I mean, I think you could surround Daniel Jones with the exact same group that the Eagles have, and he would not be nearly as good as Jalen I just don't think he's as talented. It's not a knock on Daniel Jones. It's a compliment to Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts has done things that... Daniel Jones on his best day just can't do. He's just not capable of. I'm, I'm I'm sorry. I'm not saying he can't win. Daniel Jones had a great year. Got the Giants to the postseason. You know, he's gonna have to prove himself a little bit more to get them further into the postseason. And yes, they do need to build around him a little bit better. I just don't and look, maybe I could be proven wrong here. It has happened before. I do not believe that Daniel Jones is on the level of Jalen Hurts, skill wise. The way Hurts throws the football, the way Hurts runs the football, you name it, I think Hurts is better. 
than Daniel Jones and always will be, regardless of the supporting cast around him. Not a knock on Daniel. You're talking about Jalen Hurts. I mean, you could argue he's the MVP of the league outside of Patrick Mahomes. You think Daniel Jones will get to that type of level ever? You think Daniel Jones will be an MVP one day? That's pretty high praise. Both Tiki and, and Tierney think that that could be the case. I mean, they're entitled to their opinion, of course. I just I disagree with it. Chris is calling from Farmingdale. What's up, Chris? Fly, Eagles, fly. Fly, die, Eagles, die. die. <laughs> I can't die, do die. Eagles, die. <laughs> I don't know the fight control, song, control. but I know the Eagles we're are all, dead. Communication. Control, control. We're going down. Mayday, mayday, mayday. <laughs> <laughs> uh, look, they, I'll, give them, I'll give the Eagles props. They played a heck of a game, but I was so relieved. I, I hate having to do this. To, to, to roof. Even though the Giants, you know, I'm impressed where they went, I, I still, like, you, you know, Sal, like, like if the Phillies won the World Series, how ticked off would you have been? You know, it just makes you, it, it makes it, you more sick. And you got to, you know, there's, there's Philly fans near, near, you know, you always see them coming around, and you don't want to see them wearing championship gear. You know, th- that's how it is. We're passionate. We want our teams to win the championship. It's usually, you know, if you don't win the championship, you're not happy. Right. And usually I'm not happy regardless. But it is a sad state, you must admit, Chris. It's a sad state when we in New York have to get happy about another team losing. That's where you know that – you know what? The Eagles were clearly better, and you become haters because you're rooting against the Eagles, and you take satisfaction in them losing. In reality, they played a hell of a game against a legendary coach, legendary quarterback, a team that is a dynasty in the Kansas City Chiefs, and it came up just short. You have to tip your cap to the Eagles, all kidding aside. They deserve a ton of credit for a great year, and they're going to be a team that's going to be a big problem for the Giants here in years to come. Oh, yeah, definitely. You know what, that McKinnon... Um you know, uh, almost like fell on top of himself to not score. That reminded me in Super Bowl 46 with Bradshaw. Um, it, it's basically about, I think, like, probably at the same type of spot, like, like that close to the goal line. And I'm saying to myself, no, don't score, don't score. And he'd stop right right the last second. It's like, and he tried to hold himself. It was like, that was the same thing that Bradshaw did in Super Bowl 46. And we've seen other guys get close and then fall in, whether it's the regular season or what whatnot. But yeah, smart play by McKinnon and sliding and giving himself up, getting to the one. You don't look. You, you, I mean, if he didn't do that, we'd be ripping him all night long. That would be the the theme, knocking him for you know not having a, a the, the the wherewithal, the smarts, or the heads up play to be able to stop from going into the end zone, giving the Eagles a chance there. But he still had to make the play, so you give him credit for it. Yeah. Um... Just, I want to make one point on on the Knicks. Um, I don't know if you, I'm pretty, I don't know if you're on vacation still. If you watched the last Knicks game, but I saw the difference immediately in having a heart in, in the rotation. I mean, the balls that they would have never gotten that he got, especially the one that he he went like he he must have ran like I don't know like ten feet to get to get a rebound, and they were I know they he, he got like two or three in one in one um, uh, possession um, and. You know, he was passing the ball to, I think one was the quickly, one was to Randall, and they, they, they weren't making him, and then he'd get another one, he passed, and they'd make it. I was like, there's a difference in us, you know, winning and losing these close games. I was like, this this is, I said, I, I, I'm watching it unfold before my eyes. I'm like, this is exactly what we need, the defensive round rebound. The guy hustles, he goes after the ball. He's just he's just great at grabbing the ball. He doesn't, you know, it's not like Hartenstein and, and Mitchell, they all butterfinger the, the ball, and he and goes yeah. off the tip of their fingers. You know, this guy grabs the ball, and he passes it, and he gives him another shot opportunity. That, Thank God. I, I, I saw it right away. I'm like, this is the difference. 
He's going to be a guy, and we'll get into this. And thank you for the call, Chris. Appreciate you taking the time. We'll get into this, of course, as the weeks go on here now with football season being officially over. And as we start to get excited about baseball season with both the Yankees and the Mets and spring training is near and pitchers and catches reporting this week. So we're excited about that. But, you know, the Knicks, the Rangers, we could talk about that. The Islanders a little bit. If you want to get into Bo Horvat as well. I, you know, I didn't get a chance to talk about the Nets. Maybe we'll do that. In the coming days here, obviously not today, off of the Super Bowl. But the one thing I'll say about Hart is that he is I, – I loved him before I even saw him put on the uniform. He is everything that New York Knicks fans, especially of my age from the 90s, will love about a player. A guy who's going to give his heart, energy, effort, do the little things. As he said, he plays the game the right way. He plays the game hard. He's going to do the dirty work. Those are things, he's a blue-collar guy, those are things that this city specifically appreciate on the basketball court. And Hart brings that, and I think it's fitting that a guy who not only does that as his strength, but a guy who has the name last name Hart wears number three, where they've given that number three away to so many people. I remember for years being upset about Dennis Scott taking over number three when he came to the Knicks. They've disrespected John Stark's number three forever. A guy now with the last name Hart that plays the way that he does. It's fitting that he wears number three. So I'm excited about the addition. Now, what does it mean for them? Probably nothing in reality. I don't think they're winning a first-round matchup regardless. But at least they get a fun player to watch. And look, they've been a fun team to watch this year in the Knicks. They, they've given us something. And now without KD and Kyrie and all that drama in the way, that's out of here. The attention, once again, it never really left the Knicks. But now, you know. The Nets are, I don't want to say back to irrelevancy because they kind of were irrelevant anyway, and I'm not trying to you know twist the, the knife here. It's just the, the, the fact of the matter is that now they really don't matter. With KD and Kyrie, at least there was always the chance for some drama. It's unbelievable how that ended up, but now that's it. There's one, there always has been, there always will be one basketball team in this town that people care about. And for good or bad, it's the Knicks. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. When this happened, you talked about it on The Fan. Well, the New York Yankees have won the last game at Yankee Stadium on September 21st, 2008. When New York sports happens, talk about it here. The Fan, 1019 FM, and always live on the free Odyssey app. Baseball season is coming. I can't wait. Pitchers and catchers this week. Mets, Yankees. And we have, you know, look, a, a few weeks till spring training actually kicks in. The World Baseball Classic, I guess. When does that start, Fleegs? Do you know early March, I'm assuming, World Baseball Classic? Or is that mid-March? No idea. Uh, 
Fleeks and I avid World Baseball Classic fans. Uh, I'm not, but at least it gives us some baseball to react to. And basically, it's going to be watch for Yankees and Mets who are participating to hopefully stay healthy. Tuesday, March 7th is when that starts. Yeah, so you got a couple of weeks here, pitchers and catchers, before the World Baseball Classic starts. But of course, yeah, that's conference tournament we, time. I'm out on baseball. See ya. Yeah, when does, oh, right, conference tournament that week. And that then week, March yeah. 1st. So really, it'll be kicking into gear on Wednesday. Okay, so you have that coming up. So we got a couple of weeks to get through here without, uh, you know, the the real, uh, you know, sports stuff coming um, coming into play as far as the March Madness goes. That starts to ramp everything uh, right up into opening day, and then it's, I mean, nonstop from opening day on through. Hopefully, for our case in New York, I mean, the end of October with either or both the Mets and the Yankees. But you know, right now you recap the football season, and by the way. This football season, offseason, is going to be even more special, not just with you know the Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley stuff. We've got to follow that and see what the contracts are, assuming both those guys come back to the Giants. But obviously, front and center will be Aaron Rodgers. And if not Aaron Rodgers, what the Jets are going to do at quarterback and Derek Carr, who denied a trade to go to New Orleans. And why would he accept the trade to go anywhere where he could just you know wait out a few days here? March 15th is the day where he's going to get cut by the Raiders because they're not going to have him on the roster and pay him the bonus. So he becomes a free agent that could go anywhere. And why would Carr not want to be able to pick his own spot? And we'll see what happens with Aaron Rodgers, who said he's going to make a decision after the Super Bowl. So we'll be waiting on that. And, you know, the Jets are going to be waiting on that more so than anybody. If not Rodgers, then they have to move on to the next. Will that be Derek Carr? Will it be Garoppolo? Who knows? So we could follow along with that storyline as well. So actually a busy February where you talk about both these football teams for a different reason. Usually it's, oh, the Giants fired their head coach, Jets are firing their head coach, and move on, to, you know, or be excited about what they're going to do in the draft. Well, now it's for different reasons, where the Giants need to extend Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley, and the Jets need to find their quarterback so they can try and complete their team. So maybe they're in a similar spot you know, next year as far as uh, the Giants were this year getting into the postseason and going deep into the postseason, or maybe even further along in that postseason. 877-337-6666. Drizzy calling from Perth Amboy. What's up, Drizzy? Hey, what's up, my man? How you doing, man? How's that been? Good, good. How are you? Good, good, man. I hate to keep, like, keep hitting on this, man, but like those calls, not, he not only got on once, but twice, man. He got on once on the first turn and then on the second turn, too. So that has to be a holding call, man. That that's number one. Number two, man, it kind of felt like the Eagles should be up maybe like seventeen at one point. Just the momentum they had with they, they didn't miss a beat on offense. It's the defense, man. And if anybody missed the call, it's the defense. You had four guys on the line that have ten sacks apiece. Why did nobody show up? You understand what I'm saying? Like I don't really well, understand I that part. I, I think, don't you, Drizzy, don't you think that you have to credit the coaching staff, the Chiefs, Andy Reid in particular, coming up with a game plan to scheme oh, for that? Absolutely. We knew about the, yeah, of, of course. So I would think more of a credit to the Chiefs' offense and scheme going up against that Eagles' pass rush that was so dominant this year. Right. But obviously, the Eagles' defense did not show up. And I think you're ah. right about being up 17. Philadelphia was on the verge of blowing Kansas City out. If not for Agreed. the fumble return for a touchdown, it, the game yes. might have been a blowout. Yes. Now, now you hit a point there. So, maybe I see this question now. So, I'm a Baltimore fan. Um, I don't know if uh, Eric, what's his name, uh, the office coordinator, uh, I'm not sure if he's going to stay or not. 
Cash is right, questioning now. Like sounds like he's go, you're talking about offensive coordinator for what? For the Chiefs you're talking about? Yeah, for the Chiefs, yes. yes. Right, so it sounds like he might be going to Washington, potentially your guys with Baltimore, with enemy. Right. So l- let me ask this question. If we're going to keep Lamar this year, which I think we will, uh, whether regardless of the uh, tag or extension, um, this year I, if we're able to get him, what would your outlook be that way if we're able to get number one receiver? I think that's one thing that we're lacking. Um, I would love to see that, though. What would your outlook be there? And then I have one other small point, though. I mean, I think Baltimore, as long as they have Lamar and as long as they have Harbaugh, I think they're always going to be in the conversation. I still don't think they're good enough. Like, I would rank them regardless. You could get a number one receiver or not. I would rank right. them regardless behind Kansas City, Buffalo, Cincinnati. I'd still rank them behind those three. Gotcha. Which, which to me makes sense, though. It makes a lot of sense to me. Uh, my last no, they thing could is... Be, they could beat them. You need a healthy Lamar in the postseason. That's the thing. Yeah. That's number one. That's, that's always going to be number one. My last thing will be, I think for the Eagles, offense was phenomenal this year. I think phenomenal defense. A physical team, you know, all the way around the board. I think that also, they just haven't seen a offense that capable to put up the numbers that they were able to, uh, Kansas City-wise, all year. So it's a little tough to deal with that, man. And both uh, hats up, to, uh, hats off rather to uh, both teams. But man, it's a tough game, man. And Kansas City right now, like you said earlier, it's a dynasty, man. Right now, there with uh, Andy Reid, man. It is tough to beat those guys, period, man. And hats well, off to the way to, way to beat them. Yeah. What's the way to beat him? You saw it happen. The Bucks did it in the Super Bowl a couple years ago. What's the way yeah, to beat him, Jersey? Yeah, hard, hard defense, man. Hard defense uh, in a, a rushing game. I think that's the way to beat him, man. Keep Mahomes off the field is the only way to beat him. And you have to have a front three that just goes crazy. And you just have to out-coach him. I mean, I, I mean you can't really see out-coach him. It just has to be that front three. just has to do what they do. That's defense. it. Defense. You, ha- you, you have to have, and thank you for the call, Drizzy, and good luck to your Ravens. We appreciate you checking in. You have to have a legitimate defense. Now, you're right. You want to be able to run the football as well and keep them off the field. However, you saw Philadelphia in the Super Bowl last night dominate the time of possession. So it didn't even matter. It just mattered how many possessions the Chiefs had. Time of The Eagles dominated the time of possession in that game. They did keep the Chiefs off the field. The problem was when the Chiefs were on the field, they scored. They couldn't be stopped. You know, the Chiefs have to be able to beat themselves, which they did not outside of a missed field goal. Kansas City didn't make any mistakes. The Eagles didn't make a lot of mistakes, but they made one huge one. The Hurts fumble, that changed the game more so than the penalty at the end. If Hurts does not fumble there, or if that fumble's not taken to the house, I mean, the Eagles were on the verge of blowing out the Chiefs. I'm saying that as somebody who was rooting for the Chiefs, who backed the Chiefs financially. They could not be, Philadelphia could not be stopped. Eagles are probably going in again. And that game was, they were lucky, the Chiefs were lucky to be down 10. It felt like they were down 30 at the half. That's how much the Chiefs were dominated in that first half. It felt like they were down three touchdowns. And you look up and say, all right, well, from a Chiefs perspective, all right, well, it's only 10 points. They get the ball to start. They have a chance here. They could go down the field and score a touchdown, which they did. 
And then it was kind of the opposite. Well, maybe not really the opposite of what happened uh, in the first half. But the Chiefs got the ball first. They scored the touchdown and gave them new life. And then they were actually able to somehow make the Eagles punt a couple of times, which is all they needed. Just a stop or two. But even then, it wasn't like Philadelphia didn't score in the second half. They did. It was just a dominant first half. But the only way you're going to beat Kansas City is with a, a great defense. And that Bucks defense wasn't great all year a couple years ago, but they were getting better and turned into a great defense in the postseason and obviously in that Super Bowl. That's it. Because Reed and Mahomes, that's a combination that is they're just not going to be stopped. You're not going and you, we've seen it with Buffalo, we've seen it with Cincinnati. You're not going to beat them in a shootout. And now we see we saw with Philadelphia last night. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit hyundaiusa.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.